And I'm Julia, and welcome to Unnecessary Angst, your local tipsy YA book podcast. Woohoo! Well, half tipsy today because I'm not drinking because I have been under the weather. I mean, I had a pretty big court and I haven't eaten anything since like lunch <laughs> at 12.30, so. So you are drinking for both of us. I'll get tipsy enough for both of us. It's fine. And then I'm going to go eat some Thank pizza you. and tater tots with my child. Oh, delicious. It's great. So delicious. Um, Julia, how are you doing today? And what non-alcoholic beverage are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm drinking a Pepsi. Very exciting. Actually, it is very exciting. I don't usually have soda, so this is like a special thing. It's wild for you, really. I know. I'm going crazy. It's not water. (laughs) Um... But I'm doing fine. I've been under the weather the past couple days. I'm not sure what has been going on. Mostly migraines, um, which is the reason I'm not drinking because alcohol triggers migraines. And I just got rid of mine. So I would like to keep them at bay, please. Um, Fair But thankfully we didn't, yeah. Thankfully we didn't have work today because it's Labor Day. So I had an extra day to recover, which I... I'm very grateful for because I would not have been able to make it to work, I think. I mean, I probably could have. I just would have been exhausted. Yeah. Anyway, babbling. Nothing much has happened. I went kayaking. Um, that was a workout, but it was lovely. I... Oh, there was a Wegmans that opened up in the pandemic by my parents' house in Purchase. Oh, it finally opened? York. Yeah. And, well, my parents have been going for the, like, ever since it opened. I think, like, last, must have been end of summer last year or something. Hmm. I n- had never gone, so I finally went. It, it is an experience. Let me tell you. It is, like, Whole Foods on crack. <laughs> it's Love it. wild in there. I was actually kind of intimidated. All the food section, like, the prepared food section is crazy. I got so much good sushi. Felt sick because of it. Probably wasn't a good idea to have sushi while I was feeling ill, but... It just looked so good, you know? You can't resist good sushi. Um, that is true. So that was an experience. They have an amazing cider section. I'm so mad that we don't have one out here in Connecticut where I am because, like, I would love to go to that cider section. It was amazing. Um, but, yeah, that, <laughs> nothing else has happened. I went to a supermarket, and it was exciting. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> How about you? How, what are you drinking? How are you doing? Um, I'm drinking a, b- a blend, I think. I don't even remember, honestly. It, the bottle's really pretty. It's like a Japanese-themed wine, but it's from California. So, you know, false advertising. Mm. Um, but the, yeah. but the <laughs> bottle's really pretty. It has, like, all of this, like, Japanese, like, calligraphy and, um, like, watercolor on the front of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I've just been, like, really overwhelmed with life lately, which is sad because I had two days off, uh, and I'm still very overwhelmed with, like, the amount of work that has to get done and life, and I feel like I just need to say no to somebody and say, I don't have time to do this. I can't. Yeah. I need to check Sometimes out. Sometimes you gotta say you can't, you don't have the bandwidth. Yeah, which I've never, like, done in my life, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to to do that, because um, I'm definitely behind on work. So I was working pretty much all day today, which mm. sucked, but I got through a lot of samples. I just have some really, like, complex work things that need to get done right now, and um, they're taking a lot longer than was originally anticipated, because I have questions on, like, every single thing that I'm testing, so um need to figure that out and try to get through as many of them tonight as I can so I can send out follow-up questions in the morning and hopefully finish it by the end of this week and then um figure out what I'm gonna do with all the rest of my projects otherwise it was good like I was off Thursday Friday and so I got a little bit not a lot but a little bit of reading done um just kind of like was able to breathe a little bit and take care of myself so I went and got a mani-pedi got my eyebrows waxed got a massage because I was just like so overwhelmed with life (laughs) and I needed just like 
mental health days. Um, I got dip powder for the very first time on my nails. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Um, fancy. I got, got them in, like, Cinderella blue because, you know, why not? And uh, now I'm just trying to catch up on all the work I missed the first day. <laughs> Skyla and I drove to Monterey yesterday. Um, we had tickets to go to the aquarium. And what is supposed to be a, like, two and a half max three hour drive, even if you're driving on the coast, took us five hours. And so we missed the aquarium. Um, thankfully, Labor Day? Yeah, I guess so. And we just hit, like, so much, like, road work and construction and accidents and, like, literally everything we could hit on whatever freeway we were going on, we hit it. Um, it was absolutely wild. So, we got to the aquarium. We had tickets for 3 p.m. We got to the aquarium at 4.35. Oh, no. We left my house at 11.30. Oh, my God. It was... sucks. Insanity. So, we got there and we're like, can we just exchange our tickets for another day? Like, this isn't... We obviously don't have time to go see the aquarium because it closed at 5. So, we ended up exchanging our tickets for two weekends from now. Um, so I think, like, the 18th or something, and we'll just make the drive again on a non-holiday weekend. We're not gonna take the coast. We're gonna get straight shot down the freeway, um, and then hopefully go see some, some animals, because Kyla loves animals, loves aquariums. So it was supposed to be a birthday present for her, because her birthday's on Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, but it'll just have to be a delayed birthday present. (laughs) It was, you know what they say in German culture, you can't celebrate your birthday ahead of time. So it was a sign to be careful and don't celebrate until afterwards. The universe is telling you something. This is fair. Well, she's not going to get her birthday present until afterwards. Because I'm, I'm getting her an actual, like, physical present. And then this was, like, a experience ah. present. And then she has a birthday party next weekend. I mean, I haven't celebrated my birthday with my parents yet. We're doing that in, like, two weeks, I think, so... That'll be a whole month. <laughs> I haven't celebrated my birthday with my mom either. I think she just Venmoed me some money and she was like, have fun. I was like, thanks, mom. Well, to be fair, your mother's far, far away right now. <laughs> this is true. Also, she said that she bought me a house for my birthday and all Christmases for the foreseeable future. So <laughs> she helped with the down payment, but like, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much me our lives are definitely a lot more boring than august and kate right now no uh Mm -hmm. crazy run-ins and people trying to sabotage our lives especially in chapter 11 verse 2 oh god absolutely insane yeah it's i'm glad that we are doing just one chapter this this episode because i feel like there's so much in this chapter it's gonna take us some time to dive through it but do you want to uh do you want to kick us off with the synopsis julia i do so verse 2 chapter 11 august is starting to think he overreacted about what kate knows and they go through the day with a tenuous piece he tells leo he is feeling better and is excited for his practice time with the violin he gets into the studio a soundproof white cube and starts getting ready to play to drown out the noise in his head but hesitates He has never been able to play for fun before, and while he has fantasized about it a lot, actually being able to is different. But finally, he starts to play. Kate is waiting around after school, waiting for Marcus to show with the car, and waiting for August to come out. But when Marcus doesn't answer the phone and doesn't show by five, she starts getting nervous, given it's getting a bit dark. She abandons her mission and heads to the subway, but the door is locked. She calls a cab, which doesn't want to come, but she yells and convinces them, then grabs her spikes for protection. She walks back to the school, but the doors are locked, though she sees a body through the glass with his eyes burned out, and it's the history teacher. August, meanwhile, has been playing for ages, finishing his song over and over because he has never been able to finish before. He thinks the music is what he feeds on, not really the souls, but the souls are just a side effect. His timer goes off and he checks his phone, but he has no service, so he has gotten no texts. He makes to leave, but he has been locked in. Someone sabotaged the access pad outside and completely dismantled it. Kate is trying to think through what is possible. 
She doesn't think Freddy killed Mr. Brody and deduces it is Leo, and starts to get anxious but refuses to let herself panic. She rounds the back of the school and gets hit hard, then stabs the thing that hit her. She sees what she hit and realizes it is a Malkai, one who has also clawed off her father's brand. Another monster slams her into the wall, causing her to scream. August tries to muscle his way out of the music room, but he's not strong enough to break reinforced steel. He thinks about going dark, becoming a shadow, but wants to find another way. He ends up pushing through a panel in the ceiling and crawling through the vents. The Malkai continue to push Kate around and toy with her, and she tries to fight back with combat moves, but the monsters just chuckle. The Malkai talks about how sweet she must taste, but the other one warns not to use teeth. They say they are going to take their time killing her since no one is around and start torturing her with fire. August gets into the hallway and starts trying to find a way out, realizing he can think about why someone locked him in later. He sees a body of freshman girls whose eyes had also been burned out. He calls Henry, but he doesn't answer, and before he calls Leo, he hears Kate scream. August has never seen a Malkai in person, but recognizes their monstrous forms. He then goes into overdrive mode, thinking about whether or not to save her. He should, because she's an innocent, but if he does, she will know for sure what he is. But he opens his violin case. Kate is terrified and in pain while the Malkai are grabbing her, but then she hears music. She tries, imagine like dying and being like, oh yes, I'm being serenaded. <laughs> There are worse ways oh, to know. go. It's just you know? so strange. She tries to cover her good ear, but that doesn't help, and she hears the music all the same. It hurts the Malkai. They step away in pain, and their faces start to bruise. Kate grabs her second spike and stabs it in the chest. She stands up, thoughts clouded, and August's music slows so he can tell her to watch out. The second Malkai grabs her wrist and bites her shoulder. In a moment, the things are gone, and Freddy is pulling it off her back, off of her. She watches them for a moment, just processing the scene, but then snaps back into action and grabs the spikes again and stabs. August lets go, moves back towards his violin, and then starts to vomit up black sludge. Kate knows she should run, but goes and asks him what is wrong. He is incapable of answering, clearly in pain. She then remembers Sloan said the different monsters cannot feed on each other, so she doesn't understand why he did that. She turns her attention back on him and he collapses. She wonders if that's how that's how to kill a Sunai, but sees him breathing. Her phone rings and the cab is at the school. She tells them to wait a second, realizing she is covered in blood and sludge. That's the end of chapter 11. Damn. That was an action-packed chapter <laughs> with a lot of alternating POVs. I was like a whiplash. <laughs> it was definitely whiplash. I mean, thankfully, she she always in the first sentence when she switched POVs was like, and this is how Kate is feeling about the situation. So you knew where mm-hmm. you were supposed to recenter, but damn. Yeah, my neck was hurting a little bit from <laughs> all yeah. the back and forth. <laughs> Man. Um, okay. General commentary. <laughs> Where do we start? I don't even know. I mean, okay. So, uh, and some of my commentary, like, doesn't even make sense because it's, like, being written as I'm, like, going through the chapter. I'm I sure you, you're probably the same. Yeah. Um, but, like, at the beginning when August is talking about, like, how he really wishes he could have practiced more and, like been able to just like play for fun and just enjoy himself and then he's like he's thought about like going out and playing in the waste um but is worried about how far away he'll be and the fact he won't have access to food and leo's like just pack a snack (laughs) like he gets worse every single chapter that's the most dismissive thing he said to date like that's an Human souls are not just like, oh yeah, just pack a picnic. Like, what? I know. That that really bothered me. Um, I find it really interesting with, like, the death of Mr. Brody and the death of the girl that the Malkai are clearly framing Sunai. 
here. I mean, we actually don't know. There may be another Sunai rogue on campus. Kate could potentially be right, thinking it's Leo. We don't know yet one way or the other. But if Leo's not there, um, and the Malkai are, like, making an effort to make the Sun make the deaths look like Sunai, like, how did they even have time to kill that many people that way? Because, like, burning out eyes, I feel like that takes some time. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And August was only playing for 45 minutes. What if, and this is going to be a crazy theory, but what if Leo is, like, in some sort of deal with these Malkai? I don't know. Maybe he's really trying to rile everyone up because he's bloodthirsty. We know that. Like, he wants to get his hands on basically a war. Um, and these Malkai want the same exact thing, essentially, because they want to get back at Parker. Parker. Yeah. So, in some way, I mean, I don't think it's going to, that's, I think that you're right in that it's obviously framed. Like, they must have somehow figured out. I'm guessing that August is a Sunai, or that there's some sort of connection there, but... Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that it needs to be the... Well, okay. August. So, it may not necessarily be August. They may be framing August, or framing the Sunai, because it's framing Flynn. If there's an attack on humans in North City that's the work of the Sunai, that means the Sunai have gone rogue. Flynn doesn't have them under control anymore, and that's probably a break of the treaty. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, I don't want you to give up on this crackpot theory you have yet. I would hold on to it for a little bit. Okay. I will. What if it's true, then? That was my immediate thought, though, just because, um, it was actually Kate who brought up Leo, and I was like, that would make sense, like, Leo is just kind of going bonkers now, and maybe he wants to get Kate, like... so sketchy. (laughs) He has been. And, like, he clearly does not have any care for Kate, and maybe he, he kind of actually is taking Kate's possible awareness of who august is seriously and was like let's just get rid of her and like while he was doing it these other people well it might not even be his aware her awareness of august that he's taking seriously i i think it's hey if i want harker to start a war Mm -hmm. killing his daughter is a pretty good way to do that true that is very true man (laughs) leo would be ruthless if he did that Damn. I also am curious, like, let's, if we're hypothesizing for a second that Leo was Mm -hmm. actually here and is the one that committed these murders, um, is the insinuation then that the freshman girl was a sinner? Or can he eat innocent souls? Well, I feel like they, isn't it, isn't it? aren't we told that they can basically eat any souls but they prefer to eat the ones that are sinners or am i because remember well maybe in the by force method that leo does that's possible but remember when kate watched that video of him and he was like playing for the room full of people there were only oh, two only the souls sinners. that came yeah. to him yeah the ones that burned red so but i would ass- could go after the regular people too they just won't come to him. Potentially. if Maybe if he's not using music, if he's using force, maybe that he can mm-hmm. do non-sinners. We just don't know because, like, both of the people that him and August killed in the last couple of chapters, um, those were both sinners. So they both had red souls. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, listen... I trust Leo as far as I can throw him, and I'm extremely weak, so that is zero. <laughs> I trust him zero. Good way of putting it. <laughs> I have no arm muscles. Okay. Um, I did really love, though, like, the way this whole chapter was set up, specifically... Me too. Like, going through the school and, like, finding the bodies and like all this Mm -hmm. i love that classic like mystery thriller school setup where it's like no one else is in the school the lights are out you're scared you're terrified 
because the subway is closed when it shouldn't be exactly that's what got me i was like why is the subway closed (laughs) right i think the thing that was so like impactful about this is there is tension and there is fear and it's like building in the reader but it's not the kind of crazy slasher fear where you're Mm -hmm. actually like scared it's like you get a little bit of panic because you're worried about your characters but you know there's still half a book left and so you're gonna be okay um to an extent right like they're not gonna it literally would not make sense for one of those two to die in this chapter so like you know that the the two main characters are gonna be okay probably um but it just it was a great little like rush of adrenaline and I thought Victoria Schwab hit a really good balance with how she laid out all of the mystery and the thriller aspects of this chapter yeah I agree it was I think the moment that Kate saw the history teacher's body on the floor was that was the most chilling part to me because like I was not expecting that and it's such a non-violent violent violent thing right because like you don't see it happen you just see the aftermath and you're trying to figure out along with Kate like what happened and like for a moment I was like did like August just lose control or something like I was really worried about August for a second there I was like this can't be August but that's what like Kate is thinking like this is August's doing and it was just like oh my gosh well and that's the funny part that it's like I (laughs) I knew it wasn't August yet even reading it again my brain is like Oh my god, did the soundproofing break? That's what I thought. I was like, and no. I, I knew it. That wasn't it. I like distinctly remembered this whole scene and him getting locked in the room and all this stuff. Yet my brain was still like reading it. Did the soundproofing break? Like that's how convincingly it's written. Even when you know what's going to happen, you still believe it for a second. The like red herring that's being thrown out. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh so well done uh i really appreciated the classic classic escape through the vents strategy oh my god that was i have my pop culture reference for that like it's so i i love that she did that because it's so cheesy and kind of like unexpected from her because i was expecting something very like like i don't know like very cool and different because that's this entire story is you know very differently done i guess mm-hmm. i'm not very good at words tonight but you know what i mean um <laughs> she she takes certain tropes that like exist but she normally turns yes. it on the head she doesn't exactly. go with the standard escape plan um exactly but i kind of loved having the standard i escape love plan. the vents it's yeah. such a good nod to like other escape kind classic of classic action scenes plots. it's it's yeah. a great nod to classic action scenes and I also just really love that, you know, it's like what you'd probably expect with a monster with superhuman strength is to force their way through. And August is yeah. like, I can't push through that door. I don't, he's, more importantly, he doesn't want to, like, as he could. He mm-hmm. could do what Leo does, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not gonna. He wants to be human. <laughs> he's gonna be smart about his choices. <laughs> so proud of him. I am too. Although I have to say, even like the idea of going through a vent system scares me. I am not a claustrophobic person, but there's something about it that I'm like, why? I don't think I would fit in a vent system. Oh, vents are wide. You would be surprised. What scares me is getting like stuck up there. Like, what if you don't find an exit or something? I don't know. True. That, yeah. that is true. Um, Which is probably not a rational uh, fear, but because you'll always find an exit defense system, but like, I don't know. I get <laughs> I it, I don't though. know. I wouldn't want to get trapped up there, especially if you're claustrophobic. <laughs> Big no. If there's like rats mm-hmm. or anything up there. <sighs> no, 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 no. Absolutely hard, not. Hard pass. Like spiders. Hard like, you have just spiders. Away. Yeah, I'm good. I can barely deal with the spiders that are around my house. Like, no thank you. No more. Yeah. I I did also really like that Victoria Schwab, like, circled back around to the whole sing thing where Kate's like, okay, well, this stupid martial arts technique doesn't work on fucking monsters. Like I said, 
the first she time... She was let down. Yeah, I like that we got a... Like, we were told that it wasn't going to work, right? But that we then circled back around to show, yeah, actually, this it PE class was work. really stupid. Man. And then I also Good really Good for loved... humans, not for Malkai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also really loved... This is my last comment for the chapter, but I really loved the imagery of the puking of the black sludge. Oh my god. Sounds oh no. weird. But... It just kind of proves that August isn't as monstrous as he thinks he is because he physically cannot take the atrocities that are the monster's lack of soul. Like, the physical manifestation mm, of him eating yeah. the monsters, his body rejects because he cannot stoop to their level. Hmm. In a metaphorical sense. Like, that's how yeah. I was reading it, and I kind of liked... Like, obviously, physically, we know that they can't eat each other, but, like, metaphorically... I think the reasons why they potentially can't eat each other back up everything that he thinks about himself and what he strives for in his humanity. And I just, I appreciated that. Okay. I did not take it as metaphorically as that, but that is a very nice way. I guess I think I took it more of a, like, cannibalism sort of thing. Like, you really (laughs) can't eat each other because you're all monsters. Like, not quite as well put as yours. Cannibal Lecter would disagree. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Did you have anything else for the chapter? Um, I... There was a moment where I really thought, like, maybe Kate isn't going to trust. Like, maybe August, there's that point. I have it here because I actually love it. Where August is kind of going through, like, if he should or shouldn't help Kate. And he goes, I like how it's written. Um, He had to help her. He shouldn't help her. If he did, she would know what he was. If he didn't, she would die. They were killing her. They were framing him. She was an innocent. She was a harker. Like... He really goes through this, like, list of, like, pros and cons while she's being, like, tortured. And I was like, just help her. It's, you're going to be a good person if you help her. Why do um, I feel like your Virgo brain would do the same thing in that situation, though? <laughs> well, as I said, I appreciated this list of pros and cons, but at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, just go help her. <laughs> it's true, though. I would do that. <laughs> I like the list, so. <laughs> um, but then I was worried, like, okay, so now he's helping her. Is she going to, like, trust him? Or is she just going to, like, abandon him as soon as this is over? Or, like, yeah. but in the end, they were, like, they worked out so well as a team of sorts mm-hmm. um, of helping each other. Because, like, I guess she could have run off and, like, hoped for the best, but she didn't. She stuck around and was like, okay. Thanks for helping me. I'm going to kill this monster now. And then he's coughing up blood, or not blood, slut, black sludge, um, which to me was like the equivalent of like coughing up blood in a way because he just mm-hmm. ate this other monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is such a great description. Um, and then she doesn't leave him when the cab arrives. I mean, granted, all we know is that, you know, she's kind of a mess and she probably doesn't want to get into a cab when she's missed but at the same time like I think my thinking with that was you're Kate Harker like no if you show up with blood that's just gonna make people fear you more which is what you've been trying to get to anyway like just leave August if you're scared of him and go home I don't know yeah but I don't like it's kind of to the point now where, like, he saved her life, she owes him a debt. Um, and she's not saying that yet, because I don't think that that's fully resonated yeah. with her. But, like, there is kind of a life debt here that she will feel obligated to pay back or to figure out a way to, like, make herself even so that she does not have a guilty conscience about turning him in. Okay. Cause yeah, she, that's true. She's not callous enough, no matter how hard she pretends, she's not callous enough to turn someone in who saved her life. I don't think. She she does go, was he dead? Did she want him to be dead? 
a small part of her thoughts, so that's how to kill Sunai, but no, his chest was still lurching up and down with shallow staccato breaths. So there's a moment there where she's like, mm, maybe, and then ultimately. Well, that would make no. her life so much easier, right? If he just died. Yes. <laughs> but with him alive, like, she can't, she can't just leave him. She can't take him home. She can't get into a cab looking like a hot mess carrying an unconscious monster. Like, these are not, the, what is she going to do, you know? And we'll find out in the next verse, obviously, but. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what she is going to do. I think we're going to start getting a lot more action sequences in the next verse. We're really starting yes. to get get to the climax of the book, which is exciting. This was such a fun chapter. I enjoyed it immensely. I was I read through it so quickly. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, with this chapter because it ties back to what you were saying a couple of chapters ago. The, the way that she describes things and, like, the way that it's written, it feels like a movie script. Like, I can envision mm-hmm. everything that's happening as if I'm watching an action movie or as if I'm watching an episode of Teen Wolf or something. Like, it's so easy to picture it. And I, <laughs> I struggle with picturing things when I'm reading. Like, I'm not a visual reader at all. I don't make little movies in my head. I don't picture what characters look like I just like am not capable of it but this is the kind of book that gets me as close as possible to actually seeing those scenes play out in my head because of the way that it's written me too I just I think it's the quick back and forth that Mm -hmm. like gets me it's like I usually don't like that i don't like when you are alternating povs <clears throat> so quickly in one chapter mm-hmm. i think it can be really confusing but like she crafted her kind of breaks between the points of views really well so that you don't feel like i mean like i said that i had whiplash at the beginning which i kind of did but like in a good way like, I, I wanted to know, like, I got just enough taste of where each character was to then move on to the other character and figure right. out where they were going, um, which I really, really liked. So right, it was very well suited to how you watch scenes in television exactly. when you have action-packed yeah. scenes where you need to flip back and forth between multiple characters, especially those scenes where you're running through a school <laughs> and, like, yeah. people are in different parts of the school. You gotta flip back and forth through them really quickly. Um, yeah. I... I just, uh, Victoria Schwab. This is, this is one of those chapters and this is one of those books where you can really tell how much craft and skill a seasoned author can bring to their work. Because, like, if you think Mm -hmm. of debut authors or people who just haven't written multiple series or anything trying to write a scene like this it's not going to be as concise it's not going to be as clear it's going to ramble and kind of go all over the place because they haven't found their like tried and true method yet but she's an experienced author by the time that this book came out right she's been able to craft these like quick concise scenes successfully in other novels already and so you just get so much benefit of having a seasoned author write this kind of a story yep i I just love her (laughs) i know (laughs) we are fans oh my god we're big fans (laughs) i'm like i think i was telling you this off off uh recording but like i started reading vicious and that came out in 2013 i think this book came out in what 2016 um and, like, there's just, there's something about the way that she writes that, like, quick staccato, like, let's just go, 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 move through different points of view, get to the point. But it doesn't lose any of the imagery and, like, poetry. I just, I'm obsessed with all of her books so far. I'm hoping that A Darker Shade of Magic will hold up as well. I have no doubt that it will. I, yeah. Ugh. I'm just going to continue to, like, rant about how much I love her work. Not that this is a five-star book for me. It's not. But, like, (laughs) I love her work. (laughs) Well, you can love the way that an author writes and not necessarily think that the plot or the characters or anything else about it is a five-star book rating. 
And I can give some books five stars where I hate the way the authors write. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about the plot. I'm a mood writer. You know, I never rate a book the same way twice <laughs> if I read it twice. I'm all over the place. It's why, like, the five-star system in any sort of rating system um, is so stupid because it's just purely based off of what you believe is five stars. Like, for me, five stars is, like, a book that I'm going to go back to a lot that I think is an amazing book that is Mm -hmm. so I'm a little more lenient versus you who's much I would say much stricter in in the sort of in what you're looking for in a five-star book this is true I do sometimes I have a couple of comfort reads that end up being five stars even if they're not like the most amazing book I've ever read um like I think I might have told you this but The Wicked King was a five-star book for me which I was not anticipating um at all that's not a five-star book for me (laughs) but i'm a mood writer it just kind of happens that way i mean and it it also depends on the genre so it is much much harder to get a five-star rating from me in a fantasy book than it is in a romance yeah because if you make me feel warm and fuzzy (laughs) and i like you have good representation and i can relate to the characters and there's good banter five star romance novel easily (laughs) yeah but i'll also reread those 900 times (laughs) you and your romance novels uh should we move on to pop culture yes what what did you have okay so i had a couple um this first one is really dumb so please feel free to laugh at me uh the way that kate talks she's like talking about like people hanging out around school like who's still there and then she calls august the monster in the music room (laughs) and like my brain immediately went two places oh god the magic treehouse books and goosebumps what i was not expecting you to go there (laughs) because of the alliteration in the titles oh my god right like wouldn't that be the perfect like magic treehouse slash goosebumps book monster in the music room oh my god i can't with you i like i was like where is she going like maybe she's thinking like phantom of the opera kind of a thing monster in the music room no (laughs) you went up very different direction. <laughs> it's the understand. alliteration for me. <laughs> I can't with you. I told you it was dumb and to feel free to laugh at me. <laughs> I prefaced it. Uh, I am laughing at you. I'm I'm not holding back my laughter. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, I just wanted to call out some of the notable um being chased through a high school tv shows (laughs) there's so many there's so many but some notable ones um teen wolf i think is a really Mm, great one where they get locked in the school at night and like so i don't even remember what's chasing them something is chasing them and they're freaked the fuck out because that's before any of them know that wolves really exist and like what's going on um i have a, a scene in my head of them in like a locker room or something I don't remember. Yeah, and then there's someone, yeah. something like hanging from the ceiling yeah. or something, yeah. and like the pipes start going all crazy. Then they're also locked in the science room, and Lydia's like freaking out, not sure what's going on. I I think that's before her banshee powers start kicking in, but it might be when she starts screaming and like they realize she's a banshee. They get locked in the school a lot, to be honest. I think that's <laughs> more than one episode. <laughs> They're always sneaking around school at night. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, another classic great one where they get stuck in the school and have to fight monsters in the school multiple times. Um, And then Vampire Diaries, too, Mm -hmm. where they get, like, chased by the vampires. I think that one's the most fitting for this particular situation because the Malachi basically are vampires. But getting chased through, through the school by vampires happens in Buffy a couple of times. Um, yeah, so lots of, lots of classic high school chase scenes. Um, I was just thinking the entire time that August was like, I can't break this reinforced steel door. All my brain was doing was, you need Juliet 
to come save you. <laughs> yes, that's true. She'd break that door into rubble like that. Like, instantaneously, she'd break you out of it. You need, true. More, uh, need more shatter me in your life. I feel like August and Juliet would get along very well. I don't know. I get, I get that. Like, she's very independent, but very kind, right? And August mm-hmm. is very quiet, but also very kind. Like, they could be good friends. I feel like when she gets sick of Kenji's, like, shooting off at the mouth and his antics, she would just go hang out with August and listen to some music and just chill for a little bit to, like, calm her brain so she doesn't instantly murder everyone around her. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, God. That's an AU that would be, an AU crossover that would be hilarious to read fanfiction. I would love that. Somebody please write that. And send us the link. We would be the first please. person to comment. Oh my god. Um, and then the the most notable I I know you have a pop culture reference on this too, but the most notable vent system, like escape thing situation that came to my mind is the worst example possible. <laughs> but I Like, nothing was, like, sticking in my brain when I was, like, reading the book. And then, for whatever reason, this is what popped in my brain when we were talking. But the episode of That's So Raven, where there's that, like, stinky cheese that gets stuck in the vent. And Raven's trying to, like, crawl to get it out. And then they can't, like, get it out. And it's, like, steaming because the heat's turned on. So she has to eat all of the stinky cheese. I do not remember this episode, and there's probably a good reason for it. It made my stomach curl, for sure. Oh my god. Absolutely disgusting. And if you can imagine that with Raven Simone's facial expression. No. I I can literally picture it. I can picture it. So gross. I hope that they let her eat, like, ice cream or something that was, like, melting like the cheese was. Because that would make the situation for filming slightly better. But who knows. <laughs> um, and then the way that August's music breaks through defenses, even when Kate, like, tries to plug her ear and, like, cover her ear and she can still hear his music, very reminiscent of Siren Song. Um... So a couple of notable, not necessarily pop culture, but notable references where Siren Song is um, brought out. So the Odyssey, I think, is the most well-known example, right? Where Odysseus goes past the Siren's Island and leaves his ears unplugged but has himself tied to the mast and struggles to break free. We've all heard this story um, because the Siren Song is like so alluring that like you just mm-hmm. can't help but be drawn to it. Um, the Zodiac Academy books, finally making a book reference, uh, there is a character in Zodiac Academy, one of the four, like, bully boys, his name is Max, and he's a siren, and, um, sirens will sometimes have siren song moments where they'll wake up in the middle of the night and start, like, unintentionally singing, and the siren song will be drawn to, like, one particular person, and that person cannot sleep or do anything else until they come and meet the siren that the song is coming from so it's like almost like a soul connection but like just for that one night that one moment uh and then there's the creepy siren in the vampire diaries that just you know takes over the minds of men and murders people yep lovely uh and then Another Teen Wolf reference, but I'm very confident that there was an episode where people were vomiting black sludge. So that's what I was picturing in my head, was that episode of Teen Wolf where people were vomiting black sludge. Yeah. I think it was Colton specifically, or not, the, whoever Colton Hayes plays, um, I don't remember the character's name on Teen Wolf, but he was, like, getting really sick and, yep. I'm trying to think of his uh, ship name with Lydia. I'm getting I'm getting interference because of styles. 
They were like, well, they were like stidia or something, and it sounded like a medication. I was like, it sounds know. like an STD. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what Colton Hayes' character's name is. Oh my god, this is so bad. Um, it was something very generic. I remember that much. Here, I'm gonna look it up because now I really need to know. I think the episode though, where he was like vomiting the black sludge, was happening mm-hmm. when he was he'd gotten like scratched by a werewolf. And yeah. he was, like, hallucinating, but he wasn't quite turning into a werewolf, and then he started getting ill. Jackson. Ah! Jackson! Yep. I was gonna say, did Hattie ever watch this show? Can we do a, can we do a group rewatch? Uh, I think she tried to watch it when it was premiering. There were a bunch of us in our little group that tried to watch it, and, like, I don't think she made it past... The first episode, she was like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the whole first season, it takes... You gotta just warm up It does not get any better from the first season, first of all, though. (laughs) Like, if anything, it gets worse. (laughs) No, Teen Wolf is a masterpiece. It is a teen masterpiece. Uh-huh. 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 People are sleeping on it, I'm telling you. Have I watched past season three? No. <laughs> but do I think it's stellar? Yes. I oh really should rewatch it. Maybe that's what I'll do when I finish Veronica Mars with Skyla. I will watch Teen Wolf with Skyla. Have you watched Stranger Things yet? I've watched seasons one and two. Okay. It's not for me. Oh, wow. That's my pop culture is everything Stranger Things, so... Oh. There's a lot in there, I think. Yeah, go through we'll it. Get to go it. through we'll get it. To it. Are you I done got, with yours? That was it. Yeah, that's all I had. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, like, mine are all Stranger Things related. Just generally, like, in the first two seasons. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's the first two seasons, but especially the first season. Um, they are obviously getting chased a lot in the school by this monster and uh some stuff happens uh fatally um yeah so just in general the whole school uh, getting chased by chased by a monster um is very stranger things-esque to me but also mm-hmm. kind of what we were talking about before Stranger Things has a lot of very varying points of views that they flick back and forth to, especially in those action scenes. Like every single season, towards the end of the seasons, there's obviously this like big um, kind of culmination of the plot with the monsters and stuff. Not to spoil, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Um, so in order to get where everyone, because everyone's scattered usually, so there's a lot going on to get everyone's mm-hmm. points of views, they're flicking back and forth a lot. And it, like, when we were talking about how they, she switches back and forth from August to Kate so quickly, while just giving us enough information to know what's yeah. going on with them, that was, that seemed very Stranger Things to me. Like, just um, the way that it, you get the information you need, and then you go to the next point of view. Um, mm-hmm. They do that really well on the show, too. Well, and I think that's a, a really good point about Stranger Things, too, especially season one, because... That's really all I remember. Um, But, like, you spend a lot of time thinking you know what the true villain is, but you don't. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, there's layers to the villainy and, like, how it all interacts. Like, everything is still a villain, right? Like, the Demogorgon is still a villain that is, like, murdering people, but it's not there purely on its own. Right? So I think yeah. that's a really good, like, reference here, too, with the Malkai. Like, the Malkai are clearly villains, but are they lackeys of something more? And it seems as if they are lackeys of something more at this point. Like, they're not rogue. Yeah. They were clearly, like, pushed or, like, encouraged to do this. Like, mm-hmm. they, it was set up too well for them to just be like, we're gonna go kill that Harker kid. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't just be the two of them planning yeah that's just not logical so i i think stranger things is a really good reference there julia 
But they also have events scene in Stranger Things. In the last season, I think it's season three, um, they it's not in the school. Um, I don't think I'm spoiling again, but um, Lucas's little sister Erica ends up going into a vent, not to escape, but to actually get into a the science lab um, because there's no other way to get in, and they realize they can get in through the vents. Um, so she's supposed to go in there and check things out. I don't actually remember how that resolves in the end. Um, uh, oh, I do remember how it resolves. Okay, I'm not spoiling anything. But anyway, like, <laughs> they have her go up, and they, they feed her ice cream at the end. It's it's a little bit lighter, uh, lighthearted, more I than love that. August's position. But You know what that just reminded me of? What? Sky High. Where they oh had the God. little tiny vent, and then they had that one kid that could turn into a guinea pig, oh, no. and they put the guinea pig into the vent. Sky High was such a disaster movie. I'm sorry. Why did they make that movie? Because they needed more things for the Panna Bakers to do. Oh my God. Never forget their reign on Disney Channel movies. Oh, God. I haven't thought about that movie in a really long time. I'm kind of bummed that it just came to the forefront of my mind. I love that my Stranger Things reference prompted that, too. Because, like, I never would have gotten there. My brain doesn't work like a normal person. No, it does not. (laughs) Uh, But that's all I have for pop culture. It's just the Stranger Things. Love it. Great. Amazing. This, I mean, I think we were talking about this earlier, too, but, like, this is one of those chapters where if we really spent some time and, like, thought about it and sat down and rewatched and reread, we could come up with, like, nine million pop culture mm-hmm. references that, like, you know, tangential thoughts that we had based on the tropes, the action tropes that are present in, in this particular chapter um because like vent scenes are a dime a dozen they're everywhere you could talk about them for hours i think the sirens stuff too like i only came up with three i if i spent some time with it i could probably come up with more those are just three that were top of mind um because as we know vampire diaries and zodiac academy are always top of my mind yep uh, Julia, uh-huh. you should read these Zodiac Academy books. I'm telling you. Zodiac Academy, Vampire Diaries. Uh, what's the show? Uh, Buffy. Uh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Not Buffy. What? What? What's your show that you like? Veronica Mars. That's it. Oh, I do make a lot of Veronica Mars. Yes, you do. Princess Diaries. Yeah. Harry Potter. So I. Well, we, we both do Harry Potter. But we haven't had yeah. much of a reason to make Harry Potter references in these books. That's There's true. That's true. Not a lot of overlap. I feel like we're only really going to talk about Harry Potter when we do our sorting at the end of the. Yeah. At the end of the book, which I'm I've been like thinking about it in the back of my head as we read this book. I have no idea where any of these characters are going to go. It's going to be interesting because I feel like I'm going to be surprised by the outcome of some of their character development. I want to send Kate to Derp Strike. (laughs) I want to send August to Bobatons. I was going to say August to Bobatons. (laughs) Bobatons. But we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Well, look at us getting through pop culture kind of quickly for us. Uh, all right, should we do MVPs? Yes. Who's your MVP? Um, my I don't have M- that many to choose from, but <laughs> unless you want to give it to the guy. Uh, well, so. I want you to go first. You go first, and then depending on what you say, I have two potential answers. I'm going to give mine to Kate. Um, I thought about it. I was like, I because they, they're both equally, I think, in this case, worthy of an MVP status because of what they kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to give it to Kate because she kept it together. Um, you know... 
it's scary to like look around you and realize like everything is locked including the subway like you have no way home the cabs are not gonna come and pick you up like that is a terrifying situation to be in for anyone um and so she kind of she goes a little bit karen mode there but gets a cab um and kind of is just trying to figure out what's going on sees a dead body it doesn't freak out too much just starts to go through her head like okay like it could be this it could be this what do i do now like thinking about the next steps then the malkai attack her for a moment there like we're kind of worried about her but then of course august comes and helps and she is able to get it together again and finish off the malkai and just has to kind of clear her mind and figure out okay like so now what do i do next like she's constantly thinking about the next steps she's not in her head thinking like freaking out like yeah or anything she she keeps a good good head on her shoulders this i'm is giving true. it to her i support yeah. that um i'm because you'll yell at me if i don't i'm going to give mine to <laughs> august but before i get into why i would like to call out my honorable mention um, which is the cab driver who clearly did not want to come, but showed up anyway. Shout out to the cab driver. Shout out to the cab driver. <laughs> Real professionalism there. He showed up. He showed up quick. He showed up. <laughs> but no, I will. I will give mine to August because you know he. I, I recognize that he had a moment of panic because he didn't quite know what to do, but he was very thoughtful in the decisions that he made. Like, he didn't let himself succumb to the darkness um, Mm -hmm. and found an alternative way to, like, solve the problem that he was presented with. He didn't let Kate die, which is what Leo would have done. And he, again, showed his humanity and put himself through considerable pain and trauma and, like, put his body through trauma so that he could protect someone that he deemed as innocent. And it just shows that he continues to be a really good judge of character and really focusing on, like, making humanity his priority rather than himself his priority, which I feel like Leo sometimes makes himself the priority instead of what he's supposed to be protecting. Um, but August never does that. He always focuses on what he's supposed to be protecting, and I think he truly takes his mission in, and his personhood very seriously. It's, like, why he's on this earth and what he's supposed to be doing, so august but honorable mention to the cabbie (laughs) i approve of august and i approve of the honorable mention (laughs) because you know me it wouldn't be me picking an mvp for a chapter if i didn't come up with something ludicrous (laughs) okay uh what's your wine rating julia for this chapter my wine rating i am going to give it a 9.8 very high Mm -hmm. and i would compare it to an australian syrah oh very earthy very dark we're continuing the theme here (laughs) very dark red wines love it i need to put a list together of all these wines at the end and like see how many were like super dark red wines like basically a purple color but um very like acidic you know still on theme here we're going with the acidic but like it's well put together it's action-packed um you get a little bit of licorice in there to kind of give you a little bit of a energy boost (laughs) wake you up a bit (laughs) um and at the end you're left with you know an experience a very yummy delicious experience i support this i'm uh i'm picturing the like red label pen folds in my head Yes, that's exactly what I had in mind, actually. <laughs> I kid you not. Are you so proud that I knew that? I am proud of you, actually. <laughs> Literally, my my notes are penfolds. The Grand South Australia Shiraz. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Look at us. We're on the same page. Love it. I, I mean, to be fair, I really love Shiraz. Uh, Syrahs, like it's one of my favorite kinds of wine. So, uh, yeah, I do try to know some some famous brands every <laughs> once in a while. Good for you. Now we need to go have one. <laughs> uh yes, please. <laughs> Come here. There's a bajillion wine bars. Come visit, and I'll take you. Concord loves its wine bars. That's true. It's West Coast. You guys have good wines out there. We do. We do. 
It's true. You can drink cabs and I'll find, like, random crap. I, like, there was a moment there where I thought I was over Cabernets, and then we opened up a really good Cabernet, like, one of these $100 bottle ones that was Mm -hmm. a gift to my dad. Um, I was like, yeah, I missed this. I do miss that part of my old shop. Having access to those wines was pretty nice. I'm still working through the same box. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm getting... out and buy a couple hundred dollar caps. <laughs> well, I'm getting more and more, like, insistent emails from the, the wine company that I buy from that they're like, you have a balance. Use your fucking balance. And I'm like... <laughs> But I still have wine. Like, why would I use my balance when I still have wine? I don't need more wine. not drinking enough. Come on, catch up here. Like, I'm too busy parenting to drink wine. Chill, guys. <laughs> also, it's my paranoia. I don't like, I would never get even tipsy around a child. Like, nope. Can't do it. Scares yeah. the shit out of me. So, drink just enough to feel a little bit of a buzz. And then I'm like... No alcohol okay. <laughs> But I like this wine rating. I'm a fan of this fan of this. What's your choice. whining rating? Um, you know, I don't actually think either of them did a lot of whining. Like August freaked out a little bit when he was in the music room. But like Kate, again, is she's like just a very like Okay, this doesn't work, then I'm going to go do this thing. And that doesn't work, okay, here's another option. Like, she she feels panic, but she doesn't let the panic manifest. And so there's no angstiness. There's no, like, true... Um, they're never stopped by their fear. They push through and, like, power through their fear. And it's honestly so impressive. Teenagers do not function like this, but it's very... <laughs> that they're able to like run through the adrenaline and just like push forward uh and this is how you know that victoria schwab is not a ya writer because she's writing little <laughs> mini adults in these books. yeah i mean uh, ya writers in general are towing the line between teenagers and adults <laughs> but some really get it like i think meg habit writes ya really really well i think holly black honestly writes ya pretty well um because Cardin is a little baby. Yeah. True. Cassie Clare, I think, hits the angst yeah. decently. Yeah. Clary's pretty angsty. She has a lot of feelings. At the beginning. At the beginning of the series. Well, that's yeah. all I've read. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me when you've read the rest of the series. I was going to say, Clary and Simon are very angsty all of the time. Um... That's fair. But, yeah, I I don't think that there's a lot of angst in this chapter. They're just, like, getting done what needs to get done, like, pushing through their fear. So I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 1 out of 10 because, you know, they figured everything out that they needed to. They killed two Malkai. Good job. Good job, kids. That also just made me realize there was not a lot of dialogue in this chapter. It was really just action, which is interesting. Yeah, it was action and then the Malkai talking. Yeah. And then interpersonal thoughts, but... Yeah. 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 Good whining rating, though. I love how, like, the, I think this is the most extreme we've ever been in our ratings. Yeah. I, I was pretty high. You were pretty low, which is yeah. good. Good. Clearly we don't like it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It has its moments. It has its place. I just don't like when it's unnecessary. I will say, I've been, I just finished a YA romance um, called Geekerella that had a lot of angst. It's a Cinderella retelling. Yes. It's a modern day Cinderella retelling about a girl who wants to like create the perfect cosplay for a convention and is like texting with this superstar who's going to be playing the guy in the new movie whatever and they fall in love over text message blah 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 it's basically like a cinderella story but centered around a sci-fi convention rather than a uh football game (laughs) and a school dance um (laughs) but it was it was very angsty like every modern day cinderella retelling is cinderella is always very angsty (laughs) 
but it was done really, really well. Like, I had no problem with the angst. I was like, yep, this feels very true to form. This just reminds me of Hilary Duff. I love Hilary Duff. This feels great. Let's go. Keep reading. Push through it. So, sometimes I like angst. It's just few and far between. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. I think that's it, Julia. Oh, my God. Look at us. It's the end of verse two. End of verse two. We are more than halfway through the book. We are going to be diving into some more action, and the climax is coming. We're going to have some mysteries solved hopefully soon, and I cannot wait. And I think we're going to go on a trip soon in the book. Which is going to give you... I don't know what that means, but... (laughs) I will... This is my one... It's not even really a spoiler or a hint. Well, kind of a hint. Um, just be prepared for a trip and some Shatter Me vibes with that trip. Oh. I, uh, that could go about ten different ways. I exactly. Mean, that's why it's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll understand what I mean when we get there. Trust me. But, okay. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening along this week. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Unnecessary Angst Pod, and on Twitter at UnAngstPod. You can also email us questions, thoughts about the book, thoughts about other books we've read, books you want us to read, just to chat about books. We're always here uh, at our email, which is UnnecessaryAngstPod at gmail.com. And with that... We will let you all go. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you.